0: Hey, it's Clay. Welcome to another episode of the Money with Clay podcast and have an article here that first off, nothing but credit to the person that uh, came up with this headline. It sucked me right in, um, caught my attention, made me want to read it. And now here I am doing a a, a podcast about it. So fantastic, Uh, uh, whoever was in charge of this, well done for sure. But the name of this article, and this comes from CNBC Make It, nine phrases smart people refuse to use in conversation. I thought, you know what? I mean, I'm not the smartest person. I'm, I can count to 10 at least, but what what are these nine phrases that supposedly smart people refuse to use? And going through them, you know, I just thought, you know, why not share them? And, oh, you know, we can uh, maybe, you know, get some learning lessons from them. So let's hop right into, again, the nine phrases, smart people refuse to use in conversation. So as the article picks up saying, we've all said things that people interpreted much differently than we thought they would. These seemingly benign comments lead to the awful feeling that only comes when you've planted your foot firmly into your mouth, which I think we've all been there from time to time if we're being self-aware and and honest with ourselves. Verbal slip-ups often occur because we say things without knowledge of the suitable implications they carry. Understanding these implications require social awareness, which is the ability to pick up on the emotions and experiences of other people. TalentSmart has tested the emotional intelligence, EQ, of more than a million people and discovered that social awareness is a skill in which many of us are lacking. We lack social awareness because we're so focused on what we're gonna say next and, how, and what other people are saying affects us that we completely lose sight of other people. This is a problem because people are complicated. You can't hope to understand someone until you focus all your attention in his or her direction. The beauty of social awareness is that a few simple adjustments to what you say can vastly improve your relationship with other people. To that end, these are some phrases that emotionally intelligent people are careful to avoid in casual conversation. The following are the worst offenders. You should avoid them at all cost. Number one. You look tired. All right, you look tired. Tired people are in- incredibly unappealing. They have droopy eyes and messy hair. They have trouble concentrating and they're as grouchy as they come. Telling someone he looks tired implies all of the above and then some. Instead say, and this is what I like about this is, okay, I'm all for offering up problems. Like, okay, that is a problem to say that. But I mean, let, let's let's focus on some solutions too. So if, if that's a problem, okay. But I mean, what can you offer me? What can you give me in terms of making this an actual solution? And thought i just point out the problem to which this says. So in, instead of saying, you look tired, say, is everything okay? Most people ask if someone is tired because they're intending to be helpful. They wanna know if the other person is okay. Instead of assuming someone's deposition, just ask, this way he can open up and share. More importantly, he will see you are concerned instead of rude. So okay. I I'm, and I'm not saying this in a high and mighty way, but, uh, you, I don't, I'm not quite ever say said it. you look tired to somebody, but Hey, are you okay? I, I see that, that, that makes a whole lot more sense. I can see how that may rub somebody the wrong way. So the next one, you always, or you never, no one always, or never does anything. People don't see themselves as one dimensional. So you shouldn't attempt to define them as such. These phrases make people defensive and closed off to your message which is a really bad thing because you likely use these phrases when you have something important to discuss. Instead, say simply point out what the other person did that's a problem for you. Stick to the facts. If the frequency of the befa- if the frequency of the behavior is an issue, you can always say it seems like you do this often or you do this often enough for me to notice. And I will attest that th- this one I'm sure I've I've said this one before, Uh, but I will say that I hear it quite a bit and it just makes the other person, it really does make them look bad. Uh, For me and my other business, there's a YouTube channel and I'm always reading the YouTube comments. And when somebody says, Clay, why do you always, or Clay, you never. And I'm like, are you sure that I always do that? Are you sure that I never do the other thing? Because here's a spoiler, that that's not true. I mean, think about those words, always and never. That is not a good way to set up something. That's that's a very inefficient way to set up a conversation. Again, I'm not saying that I'm perfect in that regard. I'm just saying that on the receiving end of somebody that in YouTube comments every now and then will 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 read something where I'm accused of always doing something or I never do something else. It's like, no, that's just simply not true at all. And then I got a question. I mean, are you here for a real conversation or I mean, what exactly is going on here because you don't appear to be that serious about what I'm saying or what I'm offering if you're gonna jump to that sort of, such a, a big conclusion, such as always or never. But yeah, I liked other things that you could instead say. Ooh, not not, not good for me because I've definitely said this before. As I said before, uh-oh, we all forget things from time to time. This phrase makes it sound like as, the, you're, as if you're insulted at having to repeat yourself which is hard on the recipient, someone who is genuinely interested in hearing your perspective. Getting insulted over having to repeat yourself suggests that you're either insecure or you think you're better than everyone else or both. Few people who use this phrase actually feel this way. Instead say, when you say it again, see what you can do to convey the message in a clearer and more interesting way. This way they'll remember what you said. And i never say, as I said before, but I I do tend to say, like I said. Well, like I said, and I can see that, 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 does make, uh, I can understand that other person's frame of view. And if I put myself in that frame of view and I ask someone and the person's, well, like I said, it's kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah. So, so you like, I feel bad for, for asking like, yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm trying to listen. I just don't quite get it yet, but I, I want to learn, but I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you, but, uh, so I'm, I'm, that's the big one that really stuck out for me. Like I said, not. As I said before, but like I said, is is one. The next, good luck. This is a sub to one. It certainly isn't the end of the world if you wish someone good luck, but you can do it better. Be, or, but you can do better because this phrase implies that they need luck to succeed. Instead, say, I know you have what it takes. This is a better than. This is better than wishing her luck because suggesting that she has the skills needed to succeed provides a huge boost of confidence. You'll stand out from everyone who simply wishes her luck. And I like that. Oh, I'm not. I always say I wish you all the best. But um, you know, I I do like this a lot better. I know you have what it takes. I mean, that's encouraging. And especially if it's true of that person, then yeah, that's you know, I, I like that. So that that is another one. Here's the next one. It's up to you or whatever you want. While you may be indifferent to the question, your opinion is important to the person asking or else he wouldn't have asked you in the first place. Instead, say, I don't have a strong opinion either way, but a couple things to consider are when you offer an opinion, even without choosing a side, it shows that you care about the person asking. And as a husband, <laughs> I got to work on that one. Uh, sometimes it's, like, it's up to you, uh, whatever you want. And a lot of times it's in regards to the kids because uh, my wife, Abby, being a, uh, a stay-at-home mom, she spends a whole lot more time with the kids than I do. So my kind of default, and I, I think I think this is rational as well. She has a much better understanding of each kid, each situation, because she spends just so much more time with them than I do. So with some things, it's kind of just hey, it's up to you. And to the to the point is, my intentions are good. But as this article says, yeah, even if your intentions are good, it can it can still come across as the way that you don't intend it. So this is another one that really stuck out to me from the almost family side of things. Is uh, yeah, it's up to you or whatever you want. Uh, I, I can do better, and um, you know, I don't have a strong opinion either way. But a couple of things to consider are, I, I like that one quite a bit. The next one, well, at least I've never, and then fill in the blank. This phrase is an aggressive way to shift attention away from your mistake by pointing out an old, likely irrelevant mistake the other person made and one you should have forgiven her for by now. Instead say, I'm sorry. Owning up to your mistake is the best way to bring the discussion to a more rational, calm place so that you can work things out. Admitting guilt is an amazing way to prevent escalation. Again? I'm competitive. I like to debate. I like to, dare I say, be right. And well, I, and I, I don't know if I've ever quite used this one. Well, at least I've never, I don't know, that, that seems like almost kind of middle school. I will say that I've, I've taken this approach and just not use that exact phrase, but that the essence here is that the phrase in and of itself, not really what you want to do, not what should really be used. So on that note, yeah, I definitely... And I think I think we all know this, right? Just say sorry, I and mean, we've all been taught this as a kid. But um, you know, so at, at least we we know that we're trying to be emotionally intelligent as kids and teach our kids to be emotionally intelligent. But one of those things that uh, uh, you know apparently it is not exactly the easiest one to implement. Oh no, let's see. I don't think I've I've said this. Eh, man, wow, you've lost a ton of weight. Once again, a well-meaning comment. In this case, a compliment creates the impression that you're being critical. Telling someone that she has lost a lot of weight suggests that she used to look fat or unattractive. Instead say, you look fantastic. This is an easy fix instead of comparing how she looks now to how she used to look. Just compliment her for looking great. It takes the past right out of the picture. I, I think, I don't I mean, I've told people, especially myself, given I, I've I went through a little body transformation where I I I got a little I got a little hefty, and then I transformed back. So I do try to encourage other people, and I I don't I know what I've said is, have you been trying to lose weight? Because if so, you're look you're doing great. But yeah, that's not that's not really any better because have you been trying to lose weight implies that they had weight to lose in the first place, which can be interpreted as oh so you think I'm fat or you think I was fat because I needed to lose weight so now again well intended and I don't think the person's going to necessarily punch you in the face but I I will fully admit hey you look great hey you look fantastic that, that's definitely a, a, a great way to uh, go about it uh, but I, you know you got to kind of tread carefully at times I feel like if you put in because you can't just you know given I'm married you can't just especially if the other person's married be like hey you look fantastic like I, I feel like you need to ground that relative to what they look fantastic in regards to like, hey, you look fantastic, have you been losing weight? But I, I don't know, maybe that's still the wrong way to go about it, but I mean, as one married person going up to a potentially another married person and saying, hey, you look fantastic. I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm overthinking it, but can you tell I'm not very mo- emotionally intelligent, apparently. The next one, you were too good for her anyway. When someone asks, or when someone, Oh, excuse me, when someone severes ties with a relationship of any kind, personal or professional, this comment implies he has bad taste and made a poor choice in the first place. Instead, say, her loss. This provides the same enthusiastic support and optimism without any implied criticism. And you know what, I noticed it, just, you know, the KISS method here, keep it simple, stupid, right? You know, just, instead of, you were too good for her anyway, all those words, her loss, or his loss, two words. But I, I got to agree that that does sound a whole lot better. Uh, the next one, you look great for your age. Using four year as a qualifier always comes across as condescending kind of and rude. No one wants to be smart for an. No one wants to be smart for an athlete or in good shape relative to other people who are also knocking on death's door. People simply want to be smart and fit. Instead, say you look great. So this is kind of like the the weight loss one. That's another easy fix. Genuine compliments don't need qualifiers. And then the final part here is just bringing it all together. In everyday conversation, it's the little things that make all the difference. Try these suggestions out and you'll be amazed at the positive responses you get. And this also comes from just as a, this comes from Dr. Travis Bradbury and an award-winning author and co-founder of Talent Smart, the world's leading provider of emotional intelligence tests and training, and I throw that in here just because you know that this guy probably eats, sleeps, and lives in all sorts of data from everything that they've collected. Uh, you know, ever since he started this, uh, you know, th- this service, and you know, not that he's a, a Ph.D. doctor, then that doesn't necessarily mean that he knows it all, because you you can say that you're a Ph.D. But you know, like I said, I, I this guy is probably knee deep in all sorts of data. And as I go through it, if I'm just being totally honest, even with the ones that I've, I've said, yeah, I, I was wrong. I can see how that might not be the most efficient way to communicate with somebody, um, or as this author suggests, the most emotionally intelligent way to communicate with somebody. But some definitely, some phrases, have you said any of them? If so, hey, welcome to the club. But now you have um, some solutions and you have some ways that you can go about it. But I found this, I mean, it was definitely beneficial, almost in kind of a funny way, because I think we've all been there. As the article says, you know, we put our foot in our mouth. Uh, So I I thought this was some good value in kind of a humor way. Uh, Humoric. I don't think that's a word. Humorous way. That's the word I was looking for. A humorous way to actually add some value to the way we converse. And, uh, you know, conversing is a a skill that uh, is definitely a, a good skill to have Uh, not only in in just your personal life, but even in business and and, in many other avenues. So yeah, keep this up in mind. So those nine phrases, don't use them. Instead, use those other phrases. And uh, it sounds like, and I I would agree, that's gonna make all the difference. So thanks for hanging out, Hank. Thanks for having some fun with me on this episode. Uh, So like I said, having some humorous fun, but also getting better with our conversational skills. So everybody take care and I'll see you back next week. Thank you so much for hanging out and listening Before I go, I wanna just make your attention to a few things. First off, if you enjoyed the show, then make sure to help us out in the iTunes, especially if you could leave us a rating. That goes a long way and just assists me in getting the word out there, and I I genuinely would appreciate it. Second, if you find yourself,